Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to talk about so many things is my good friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm fine. I'm better than Dan. Dan, I have to tell you, has just got back from the Gold Coast, where part of his conference did include being taken to an island that was full of crocodiles and having to swim back. So he's a little bit tired today. Crocodile surfing is a rite of passage. Thank you very much. And to be honest, it's safer than being left on the island with the women. So, Yeah, and I mean, jumping from crocodile head to crocodile head like Scooby-Doo. I mean, there's a reason it's in all those cartoons, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's the only safe way to get away from the spiders. So... <laughs> Yes. Anyway, so we have had so Dan may be flagging today, dear listener. He I am is, I am a little bit tired. I'm sorry, but yes. So we're gonna try really hard not to bicker like siblings, but what we are gonna do <laughs> And we're gonna, all we're gonna about, fail a lot at it, but you know <laughs> is tell you. No we're not. We... <laughs> we're gonna tell you all about this race because it's been it's been this insanely good week and oh my god and well, yeah how good and... was it to go two weeks in a row with live streaming video from the uci like that was just nuts i i know i keep saying this but that was the fourth weekend in five weeks that i had live women's racing you know and and it's just been you know the first three were on my television on mainstream channels and these two i mean i've got to admit i was a little bit grumpy it was a gp de plouet um which is the final round of the road world cup which is a season-long series of day races um nine races in total and it's a weird season because the first four races are the spring classics definitely spring classics mm -hmm. and then you have a kind of middle section which is sprinty which was the tour of Chongming island in china and then the Sparkassen Giro in Germany. And then you have these final three races that are just amazing. You have the Open to Swerve Agorda team time trial, which is the only, only standalone team time trial, one of only two team time trials on the calendar, and um, mm -hmm. before the world. Yeah, and yeah. then you have the Vagorda road race, and then you end up in Plouay. And both Vagorda and Plouay are just lovely, lovely, lovely races. Isn't it weird, though? Like, like it was... Basically, just on a year ago, or maybe maybe a little over a year ago, that we were sort of hesitantly going, oh, the UCI election's coming up, and, you know, it's pretty clear that Cookson's going to win, but new boss, same as the old boss, it's all going to be a bit shit, probably, isn't it? And and here we are going, oh, wow. <laughs> like, like just well, thinking how much has changed in a year is, yeah. is kind of nutty. But it's also quite a simple change because the thing is, is the thing is, so within the World Cup, our last year out of eight races, um, one, two, two was two were streamed live, three were streamed live anyway, three were shown live anyway, and Vagorda was shown live-ish, yeah. And what's really interesting about these last two races, Plouet and Vagorda, is it's not that the UCI has actually had to do very much relatively speaking, because these two races were shown on on TV, um, the, the, the Gorda on Swedish TV and Plouet on France Free. And they've shown, and they've, to be honest, they've shown, they've streamed Plouet for the last couple of years. So what the UCI have done is got races that were being shown live anyway on the TV also licensed to their YouTube channel. 
and okay. it's like and it's and it's and it's and it's it's a kind of huge thing but it's a small thing at the same time but it's a huge thing yeah, yeah and it's kind of like and it's and it's one of those it's such an easy win for them you know and and hopefully i mean it's i am sad that they didn't because because Jolenta and trofeo binder were also streamed live this year from dutch tv and italian tv and they didn't you know they this is this, so this is something that's happened quite late on but you know maybe next year we'll have four out of nine races shown live it's I, I can only hope I can only hope that actually it's not just that but that it also inspires and challenges other other race organizers to you know just see how much more they can get for their race with, with... Well, that, it's such it's such I mean this is why I, we talked about this last year last week but I love Regorda for the past because they they've really worked on homemade race footage and actually I mean you know I was this this week was also the power the paracycling road world championships and they had live streaming from the road races and now this was the kind of homemade streaming that we've seen that coming out of the states all year you know someone on a motorbike with a very simple camera or a Redlands, an iPhone, for God's sake. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, we really are changing. And I mean, the thing that was frustrating about Plue, I have to admit, I was frustrated because, and part of this isn't the fault of the UCI at all. It's, you know, they didn't really know how much was going to be shown. And the live stream, when it went up, said it was going to start from the start of the race. And no one really knew, like literally the information we got from the UCI was different. And then there's Yose Bean, who's one of the... Um, commentators was getting very stroppy with people not believing her on Twitter. Well, you can believe what you like, but this is what's happening. But then her information kept changing because <laughs> well, she wasn't being given accurate information. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those, and this is one of the things that I am, you know, a glass half empty, glass half full. I am generally, this is such a positive thing, but what could have helped would have been some accurate information. You know, someone from the UCI just putting a note up on the, on the stream saying, Hey, this is what's happening guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or or tweeting, hey, this is what's happening. Because one of the things that was a problem was there was a ton of people who logged in from the time the UCI YouTube stream said it was going to start waiting. Mm, mm. And that's that's frustrating. And this has always been the UCI's problem is that they tend to over-promise and under-deliver. It's like basic. And And, and and that was, I mean, that was the basis of my whole mantra when we first started talking about this was just, you know, I don't dare to hope. I... I I have been utterly disappointed too many times and yeah and, yeah yeah wow yeah. but but that's the negative and 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 actually it's a really simple fix it's a really simple fix that when you're doing these things just have someone who's there to say hey guys this is what's happening and why because people will forgive you a lot of stuff and most sites you know cycling fans understand about host broadcasters and stuff we know that it's not you know someone's fault but. I mean, and the other thing is, once the race coverage started, which was about 35, 38 kilometres to go, it was just phenomenal. Mm, mm. Well, I was I was actually um, at a, a family get-together um, that day, and so I didn't get home till partway through. So I only, I only got home and, and turned on with 20Ks to go. Um, so I don't know if you if there's much more that you can report than I can, but all I really can say for sure is, holy shit, there were a lot of t- attacks, even at oh. 20k to go. It was amazing. 
Plouet is Plouet is a really interesting race. I mean, it's part of the four days of Plouet. It's this fantastic cycling festival in Brittany where they have things like BMX, um, trick riding, a mass participation ride, all sorts of races. There's a men's race on the Sunday. You know, all tons and tons and tons of racing. If you like cycling, it's a really fantastic place to go to because it's just this lovely festival in, albeit in the middle of nowhere in Brittany. But, you know, Brittany's great, fantastic, beautiful. Um, and the race course changes quite a lot. So unlike Vigorda, which is, you know, the same course every year, but still massively unpredictable, Palue, they just like changing it up. And in the past, we used to call it the GP de Pooley because of Emma Pooley's long range attacks, suicide attacks that worked. And I think still one of my all time favorite races is 2010, where it was Emma Pooley out in a break with Judith Arndt, Emma Johansson and Mariana Voss. And on each of the climbs, because that then it was a circuit race, which was much harder. You know, I think it was eight laps of the course with the, with the same really big climb at the end. And um, on each of the climbs, Pooley was dropping back and hanging off and looking pathetic. And oh, 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 I'm so bad. Oh, I'm only just hanging on. And then on the final climb, I talked about this when I interviewed her recently. She, um, they're out there, the four of them together. And she waited until Mariana Voss looked back over her left shoulder and Pooley shot up the right-hand side in this amazing attack. <laughs> and she's like, yes, and that was probably the last time I managed to take Mariana Voss by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Everyone only gets one chance to, to outwit Mariana so, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, so it used to be the GP de Pooley because it was the most perfect. Pluet was the most perfect race in the world. And then, 2010, um, Pooley was out solo, and behind her was a group of about six that included Annemiek van Vleuten, who was the World Cup leader. Evie Stevens, Chantal Black, people like that. And that was the year 2000. And that was the year where so Pooley's out solo. Mariana Voss is in the chasing group, and she just leapt out of the chasing group. Because the thing is about about Plouet, it has some incredible descents. And this is one of those descents, you know, when you've got like literally her chins over the hand, below the handlebars. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh my God, if she hits like a piece of gravel, she's basically going to land on her chin and break her neck and die. And um, anyway, she, she kind of attacked us. <laughs> you should possibly not sound so excited when you say that. <laughs> that kind of descending is just, I don't. Uh, Chloe Hosking wrote about it. Wrote about descending in her um, in in her to Ladesh blog, and we we'll get onto that later. But it was like, yeah, that was crazy. And um, anyway, that year, so Voss flew out of the chasing group, gets to the, the the third group on the road, gets to the Van Blurten group, goes straight on the front, and basically works herself into the ground. You know, only Anna Meek takes a turn, and only occasionally because Voss is like, oh my god, I'm, you know, like really Voss. A tongue hanging out, pounding style, and catches Pooley, and it's like, oh fuck it! I do love an Emma Pooley long range win, so yeah, I'm <laughs> so sad. But this year, this year it was two big laps um, with climbs and descents, and climbs and descents, and then one smaller last thirteen kilometer lap, which included the same end climb, the traditional end climb, and yeah. Oh, God, it's such a hard race, and I love it so much. And you know, when you're on a lap with three climbs and steep descents in the you know the first two laps, and then two climbs on the last lap, you know you you know you're going to be happy. Yes, 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 you are. And um, 
So when you came home, probably they were down, they'd been down to about 20 and Voss was attacking. And again, it's like we'd all reckon, so Voss had won for the last two years and the internet Twitterati obsessive fan, obsessive women's cycling fan club. Oh, come on. Also, it's just, it, that's, that's you and your Twitter mates. Just say it. <laughs> it's the Twitter detectives. The, <laughs> the, the detective the, club. The Twitter detectives. It reminds me of the Super Friends episode of The Simpsons, you know, when Bart discovers the comet and no one believes him and, um, and the nerds make him ride to the observatory and they all sing We Are the Super Friends on the way. No, you, yeah. pop culture's not your thing. I get it, but that's all right. Every, I was thinking everyone more, else was, in the world's laughing because, you know, that's it's a funny pop culture moment. So, yeah. I was thinking more about Enid Blyton. <laughs> <laughs> You're and so, the Hardy Boys. You were so English. <laughs> and the Hardy Boys. Oh, and, and yeah, no, you were thinking about the Famous Five and the Secret Seven and, and I don't know, cats wearing tweed or whatever some some book like that i yeah yeah i'm patting you on the head now and just wondering what australian children read growing up you know probably bitey the spider goes out <laughs> best friends with them no 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 we read we read, we read books like storm boy about a boy who makes friends with a pelican or bluefin a boy who goes tuna fishing and the boat capsizes and his dad drowns and he has to patch it up and 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 sail home on his own um while while fending off sharks or sun on the stubble a a classic australian farming story of what to do when your farm catches on fire (laughs) (laughs) simple things like that on my on my bookshelf i've actually got seven little australians by ethel 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 talbot ethel may who which is a classic australian victorian children's fiction where isn't that the, the massively her- racist one? No, no, no. It's the one where the heroine dies. Well, you need to narrow it down for me. She, it, it's one of those classic Victorian, Victorian. I mean, you, you remember? Books. You realize we have a famous, uh, a famous um, book, uh, "The Picnic at Hanging Rock," about an entire uh, year <laughs> of of girls who just disappear. Hey, I read I read Walkabout in in my primary school in my secondary school. I know what um I know what Australia's children's fiction like. Anyway, yeah, well, dig- you know, I mean, all I'm stop, saying is stop, 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 stop. Digress, digression alert. Let's get back to the racing. <laughs> That's probably I, good. I was going to make a dingo joke. So we're back to the racing <laughs> where there's no dingoes, no Australia. Well, there are Australians because Tiffany Cromwell actually, yes, yeah, <laughs> try try to get away from the dingoes. Yeah, so so basically you've got about 20 riders and Mariana Voss is attacking. So the online internet Twitter detective club was, we were all convinced that Voss was going to be riding for Anna van der Breggen and Pauline Fran Prevost. We didn't know which, it was just, it's just that Rabo tactic. And we talked about this at Vagorda last week, that actually, you know, Voss has won this race twice and won this race twice. And in a couple of weeks time, it's Worlds where... Anna van der Breggen will be racing her heart out for Voss and all her teammates. And actually, Voss really, really genuinely loves riding for her teammates. She just finds it fun. And it's how she keeps motivation. Because, you know, when you've won everything, like like Mariana Voss has, how do you keep it fun? And she <laughs> genuinely enjoys yeah. riding for teammates. It's kind of like that um, that pool shark thing, isn't it, where they start calling their shots, you know, two ball in the in the corner pocket, you know. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put... Uh, 
I'll, I'll put Fran Prevo in, in for the win. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is going, God damn it, I didn't realize you were such a shark. When you said pool sharks, I thought I thought we were talking Australia again. Um, <laughs> you know, I just want to make an aside. Um, or because there was a men's race at the same time, Orica AIS decided to make a women's video, one of their backstage pass videos. Right. And in the video, they've got one of the dudes, I, I want to say Neil Stevens, but I don't think that's right, who's the DS of the men's team, who was on board to DS the women's team. And you've oh, got him saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, our tactic was, we thought Voss would be riding for her, you know, would be riding to win. So we told Emma, just stick to Voss's wheel and don't do anything else apart from stick to Voss's wheel. Oh. And I'm like... I, I suppose, I mean, you know, I suppose on the one hand, you know, a, a guy who's a... No, who's a no, med- no, no, a, a guy who's been dropped on his head like 14 times maybe makes that mistake. But anyone who's watched even one race with Voss knows that she's too smart for something like that. Like, that's just not... Oh, God. I, I mean, think, that's that's think, even worse than the... You remember the, the how everyone got worked up a couple of years ago at... Was it Flanders or... or yeah, Flanders, when um, they had the, the cameras in the team cars and, um, and Jonathan Vortis was DSing and, and there was that moment where he was like, right, guys, we're riding for second and everyone just ripped him a new one. Um, hmm. Yeah, this is worse DSing than that. I mean, I think, I think the thing that's annoyed me about it was that I can understand how... I mean, okay... I, it's some guy from the men's side, and so yeah, he's going to have a lot of experience of DSing the men. But it's a different world. It's like it's not nine riders; it's six riders. It's it's you know it, it's endless attacks. But you know, but but if, it's also a history of Voss being quite famous for happily sending teammates up the road and then sitting there and letting them win. You yeah, know, but also, but also, especially this race, especially when Van der Breggen's the highest in the World Cup overall standings. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, especially where we are in Worlds, but also especially once you started attacking early. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, it could have, you get the feeling that she could have been wearing a jersey that said, I am not riding to win. I'm putting my teammate in the, in the top podium spot. And they yeah, would have yeah. been like, I think it's a trap. Stick to a wheel. But, uh, but, the, but the funny thing was, was that's what he said. And then when you read between the lines, you see that Emma basically didn't listen to what he said because she was trying her own things anyway. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, I mean, sometimes it's a blessing to not, um, to not, you know, to, to have to rely on yourself all the time anyway. So, um, so, anyway, so, yeah. we, so we come down to the end of the race. It's 20 riders. Then there's a tax and it's 10 riders. And these, and these 10 riders... Out of ten riders, four of them are Rabobank. It just—I mean—that's almost the script for the whole year, isn't it? Really? No, no, no. Because remember, remember the beginning of the World Cup and how the first four, first three World Cup races, they Rabo were attacking, attacking. Well, attacking. That, yeah, but that, that, the difference then was that they weren't getting breaks, but they were still dominating the the action on the front of the race. That's true. So you've got Voss, Van der Breggen, Pauline Framprevot, and Lucinda Brands. Then you've got, um, so that's four. Then you've got from Specialised Lululemon, you've got Tiff Cromwell. Um, and then Elisa Longo-Borghini, who was second or third at Plouet in the, the year before last. Um, Emma Johansson, she's been on the pro- pro- podium of Plouet three times and in the top ten. Um, 
two other times. So, you know, out of five of the six times that she's ridden Plue, she's been in the top ten, three yeah. times on the podium. Oh, my fucking God. Rosella Ratto, um, Lizzie Armitstead, who'd already won the World Cup at the Gorda last week, the yeah, week before. Yeah. And oh, who, I have to say was looking again just insanely comfortable for most of most of what I saw in the race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Alina and, and then so probably the least good riders, and I say this with like massive, massive sarcasm, were Alina Amielusic and Rosella Ratto. And Ratto was third in the worlds last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean they're not bad at all. It's it's just it's that much of an elite group. It's it's yeah. so good. So good. And then but what I loved was Lucinda Brand and Tiff Cromwell just attacking, 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 attacking. And they're very, very similar riders. And, yeah. you know, they're very good descenders. Um, and, I mean, it, it was it was fantastic riding. I really felt for for Tiff there because, you know, she's massively, massively the underdog in that situation. But, holy shit, she was just working her ass off to... Tiff was on the podium last year, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, you know, every time every time um, she would she would chase back, counter attack, or whatever, and and you know, like she she didn't give an inch. I was really impressed she by was, that. I think I think I mean when they attacked on one of the descents was just beautiful. I mean, I always always love watching Lucinda Brand and Tiff Cromwell attack. And mm. they're very, very similar riders. And watching them go out together was just stunning. And and they kind of ended up, so they've been attacking, attacking. And then you had that amazing Rabo one-two thing. But what was really surprising, so they had various, in the last 35 kilometers, they had so many breaks and people getting away and people getting caught. But Anna van der Breggen wasn't that happy with Lucinda Brand being up the road. So she chased back. She chased on and kind of catch that group. So you ended up with about, I think in the last, as they came into the lap, Tiff and Lucinda and Amelia Lucic dropped. Yeah. Seven riders, three of them Rabo. And you're like, okay, well, that's the end game. But then Tiff and Lucinda chased back again. I know. And then, you know, that classic, um, you know, chase back again, but then almost immediately just go on the attack again as well. Like... Yeah. I mean, Lucinda was just phenomenal. Apparently, she got up to 90 something, wasn't it? Yeah. 91.8 kilometers per hour. Now I'm thinking that Lucinda again, the other thing that she's got, she's good at these crazy descents and she's very, very good at being crazy in the corners. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a rider, Sarah Durster, Duster, Durster, German rider from Cervelo and then Rabo who retired at the end of 2012. But that was what she was best at too. I always remember, I think it was Lizzie Armitstead saying that she got over her fear of descending by um, following Sarah Durster's line. Okay, yep, yep. Once you've been down on the line, you know, once you've been yeah, down behind, yeah. behind Sarah. Yeah, just, other things don't scare you anymore. Yeah, but she was also incredibly, you know, cra she's known as being crazy in the corners, and that's what Lucinda does. And, and just watching her in, like, technical corners, she's even faster than Voss, and it's just... So, anyway, so, yeah, so you get this thing where Lucinda and Tiffany, having attacked 100 times, and drops, chase back with Amia Lusik, and then Lucinda just gets on the front and goes... And there's this moment of hesitation in the group. And we've said this before. This is almost the same thing as happened in Ronde van Vlaanderen, except when it was Ellen van Dijk up the road. Yeah. Because yeah. you've had that thing where you've got three Rabobank riders in there in the chase. Yeah. And, and no one goes. And you can see 
I mean, and part of it is no one can because, you know, Amia Lusick and Cromwell, I think, had just, you know, they were just holding on at this point. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But you could see Lizzie and Emma Johansson trying to chase and Lizzie getting yeah. very, very irate. And well, that, that actually, was... that did actually annoy me a little bit because it was like, for fuck's sake, you know, you can see how hard, you know, these other girls have been working um and and sorry other women have been working and you know it's not like you've had to spend you know the last half hour counterattacking and riding back on and stuff you know yeah i mean she had been both both johansson and armistead had done some very good you know very good attacks and chase emma emma johansson particularly had been out in breaks and stuff like that and but and and you know and I I think I think the person Lizzie was very angry with was Alina Milusic who I think couldn't and Rosella Ratto and I was a bit I mean the thing is about Rosella Ratto Rosella ended up fourth and that was Rosella's by far best World Cup result in the yeah. in the peloton yeah and Rosella had tried and attacked earlier and I think you know when she didn't chase that was I don't think that was worth getting that angry about because Rosella. You know, Rosella hasn't isn't a good sprinter. Ended up fourth, best best, yeah, yeah. best best World Cup result of the year. You know, like people can. But I, that... I guess I guess that's the other side of it too, isn't it? I mean, and we talked about this last week as well. That you know, it's really easy with the the spectators' view and and with hindsight. Like, you know, at the end of the day, odds are just that you know Lizzie had a moment of passion. Um, as as possibly I don't know not panic as such but but you know the the um, significance of that situation sort of hit home and and she cast about for okay we've got to do something you know come on fucking work or or whatever you know there's there's I'm sure there's what I'm trying to say is I'm sure there's a way more human explanation <laughs> anyway you know I'm not dissing anyone because I mean I'd I'd rather see riders get passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the other interesting thing was was that when Brand had been out before, it had been Van der Breggen who chased her down. Like I guess they'd thought that Brand couldn't make it to the end, so that was interesting because Brand banged on. She got up to about forty-five. So so you and you have this thing in cycling, don't you, where you're in the last ten kilometers or so, and you have this moment of indecision where people can't or won't chase, where the chase isn't really being organised. And the person up the road is absolutely pounding it. And Brand got up to 45 seconds. And I think, again, it might have been a thought of, well, you know, we can catch her on the hill because she was suffering like an absolute dog on that final hill. She was really like, you know, you know, when they're really like, they're pulling on the handlebars and they're gurning and they're, you know, their tongues hanging out and they're just, they're just in pain. She was in pain. But she still didn't lose that much time. You know, it came down from 45 to about 35. Yeah, yeah. Then it stuck. And, you know, this is Lucinda Brand. She won the Dutch National Championships last year with a 100-kilometer breakaway. And, you know, she won – She, I said that, I've said this a lot this year, but Rabo's ambition – for the first, for the spring was to win without Voss to to prove to the world that they could win without Voss. They also always have an ambition that what they want is for every rider to have a chance and every rider to take a major win. That's what they used to do in Netherland Blut Blut Blut. And last year they kind of failed that ambition. It was only Voss and Van Blurten that won things. So in Energiewater, the last race before Voss came back at Flesh Wallon, uh, Lucinda Brand was in the penultimate stage put in a mad breakaway effort at the end 
and got away and won. And she said at the time that she wasn't expecting, you know, she wasn't expecting it to work. Yeah, she, yeah. You know, she thought that she'd be caught and that would help Van der Breggen and the other riders, but she got away. And then she, so she won, you know, Rabo's first win of the season, last possible chance in their ambition. And then she won the GC, her first ever GC race. So it's kind of like, yes, yes. <laughs> so when she got away and stayed away to the end at Palouay, her first World Cup win, you know, it's just like, I was so, so happy for her. I was just ecstatic. What a way to win, you know. She, 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 it was just a beautiful win. Just like last, just like last week when Chantal Black won. It was just, you know, it gave me the same feelings. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's fantastic too, you know, because, um, to to look back on the the World Cups this season, then, um, it's now you know we've had all nine and we've had nine different winners, which yeah, yeah, yeah. is is pretty amazing and exciting in its own right, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the thing I think about both Chantal Black and Lucinda Brown, they're kind of the same sort of generation. I think they're both about twenty five, and Chantal Black was the under twenty three um, road. European road champion and Lucinda Brown, they both had really good, um, you know, when they were young, they know they're both kind of that typical Dutch been racing since they were girls, thick thing going on. And they both started out their careers at Leontine.nl, um, Leontine.vanmorsel's team. And they both raced continually with that team as it went through its iterations. I'll uh-uh, drink Leontine.nl and then I'll uh-uh, drink took away its money and it became Leontine.nl and then Art of Drink came back. And then at the end of 2012, Leontine Van Morsel and her husband, Michael Zeilard, who ran the team, just said, look, we, we just can't do yeah, this anymore. Yeah. It's too much hassle. It's it's just too much energy. We, 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 we're leaving cycling. And, you know, and they both, Black and Brands, had ridden to, you know, they, they'd ridden all that time and they both had so much potential. And it, you know, Black got taken up by, Tibco and Brand went to Rabo, and it's like you're like, oh, it's sad to see a rider like Brand end up as in inverted commas just a domestique because she's so much fun and so good, and and it's just to see both of them. You know, Chantal Black won Drenthe Act at the start of the year and was in all sorts of attacks with Specialized Lululemon, and then won her first World Cup, and then Lucinda Brand won her first World Cup this week. You know, you're like. Oh, it's just nice. It's nice when you see riders who had that potential, but haven't. You know what I mean? It's just nice to see them step. You take that step up. Oh, absolutely. And, and and I think you know it's it's part of what I always find exciting is those sort of um, moments where where you can see the the next. Um, sort of phase of, of riders coming through, you know, the ones who who are going to start to feature more and, and win more and um, and that sort of thing. But, you know, to me the thing that's just most exciting is that that despite what people on the outside think looking in, you know, that it's it's basically women's cycling is all Voss all the time, it couldn't be further from the truth, you know. I mean, no doubt Voss is, is a dominant force and, and an amazing rider, just absolutely amazing. But I, I just love and am super excited by the fact that, you know, nine different winners for the World Cups this year is, to me, just incredible. And so, yeah. so like, I, I, I have... 
never felt so excited and positive and enthusiastic about all things women's cycling than I do right now. You know, we're seeing stuff, more stuff on TV. When it's not on TV, we're seeing, you know, good quality video highlights and things. Um, the racing is incredibly good and the the strength is spreading through the peloton. You know, um, I, I just, I think it's a beautiful time in the sport. I'm so, so happy. But and, and when you look back at who's won those races, because you know you had Lizzie Armit said win her first World Cup at the start. You know, four of those races were won by people who won their first World Cups. Oh, actually, yeah. For, you know, so you've got Lizzie Armitstead winning Drenthe, um, Ellen Van Dyke winning Ronde van Vlaanderen, and both. You know, Lizzie's won nine track World Cups. You know, uh, then you've got and then you've got Blark and Brand, and then at the same time you've got Emma Johansson winning Binder, Kirsten Wild winning. Um, Winning uh, Chongming, Voss winning Sparkas and Giro, and then specialised Lululemon obviously winning the the Team Time Trial. It, it's such a great mixture, you know. They're so good. It's like these are the best riders in the world, and you've got and, and the way that all of those races. There was not one race where okay, Chongming is boring, but you know, there's very little you can do on a course where the roads are five miles wide and it's continually flat, and the highest point is a bridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, there's not much you can do with that, and they still made that exciting. You know, yeah, I mean, I yeah. all. Always love watching a Kirsten Beald power sprint. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah. So anyway, so Lucinda Brand wins solo, and it actually ends up with a Rabo one, two, three on the podium because Voss, oh Voss sprints for second with Pauline Frampravo on her wheel, and yeah, amazing. I mean. Yeah, it, but but it's not. But it's kind of really important to remember that again at the start of the year it was Bowles Dolmans that was dominant. You know, yeah, we yeah, had absolutely. Lizzie was second in the first. Lizzie Lizzie won the first round and then was second in the next three races. You know, with 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 Ellen, her teammate, on the podium at you know winning winning Flanders. So it's kind of like you can't say it's all Rabo all the time because the spring was definitely all about balls. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and even I mean, well, Jesus, even in the last two weeks, you can't say that. I mean, last week it was fucking Spec Lulu dominated. Yeah, you know. yeah, and isn't that lovely? It's so yeah. exciting to see it, and I really love Rochelle Gilmore's commentary. Oh, she's, honestly, I, I I wish, except that I, you know, I would resent forever if she was dragged away from commentating the women's races, but I wish she commentated everything because she's just so good at it. I think I like that it's the moments where you can hear the smile in her voice, but I like she's she's very good at telling you what it's like to ride, you know, what it's, it's like, what it's like to race, what it's like yeah. being in the peloton, what you have to do. And, you know, she's very well known for she loves her mechanics. She really is like a mechanical, you know, she likes yeah, no, her she's, she's a bike gear nerd. She's yeah. yeah. She yeah. is a gear nerd, so she's very good at that. And yeah, I just I like I really like her insights into it, you know, in in, in into the racing and the racers because you know, I, especially in the sprint I, at, at La Force, which is the kind of race that she's won. I I like you know I really enjoyed that, but yeah, getting to have that proper commentary as well. I mean, having having an hour and a half of TV pretty much where you've got people having the chance to have these conversations, even though it's like, holy fuck, there's another attack. Holy fuck, there's another attack. But yeah, it was it was so much fun. <sighs> so, Plue, done. The World Cup's done, man. Awesome. Well, I guess that means there's nothing else to talk about. Okay, thanks for joining <laughs> us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, Power Road Worlds. Holy shit, really? Oh, my God. Well, we've got to talk about that. Um, I... But I'm going to need you to help me because the truth is, like as you say, I was I was away for a couple of days, so I I caught up with bits and pieces on your Tumblr, 
um, yep. which was cool. And there were there were a couple of things. Well, there were two things that um, I in particular wanted you to tell me more about. So um, I know that you've got a story about um, uh, an Aussie tricyclist and and something there. So can you explain that to me, please? Yes. So paracycling road world champs. There's um, four different kinds of cycling, if you like. There's normal bicycles, um, and, and it's kind of paracycling is divided into categories for, for kind of the regular, in inverted commas, bikes. It goes from C1 to C5 class, um, with C1 being the most disabled and C5 being your disability affects you least on your bike, yeah? Then you've also got tricycling as a category um, for, you know, for people whose disability means that, you know, the balance is an issue. Um, you've also got tandem racing, which is a blind, visually impaired stoker on the back with a sighted pilot. And you've also got various categories of hand cycling. Um, so, you know, that's that's typically people who are in wheelchairs who, you know, have um uh, medical conditions or you might have paralysis that means that you know basically you're cycling with your hands um it, it's not like wheelchair racing it's because it, it, it's it's recumbent bikes yep yep where yep. you you know where you wait so you're kind of um yeah where, you're so you're in like more you're, of a reclined lining lying down sort of position than, yeah than a, and the yeah. wheels yeah, and rather than wheelchair racing, where you're, where you know, where you're bank, where you're, where you're hitting the wheels with your hands at the side, yeah. it's, it's, it's got a, a, you know, it's, it's almost like got the, um, oh god, what's the name of it, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> the bit in the middle of the bike, the bit in the middle of the bike, which the pedals are attached to. Do you need to call on your your favourite minion, Sword Panda, to draw you another oh, just, diagram? Just, 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 just tell me what's it called? The you, bit in the you're, middle. You're talking about the hand cranks, aren't you? No, no, no. But what's it called on a bicycle? What just the the start of the drivetrain? So, so you the, don't know either. No, no, no. You, you're talking the bit about in the middle. The bit in the middle that the pedals are attached to. That the. the <laughs> um. Oh, holy shit! Now, uh, now. <laughs> you don't know either. No, anyway. no, no. Because the cranks go through the fucking. What is it? Oh, Jesus! This is terrible. Oh. I so happy this is maybe my happiest oh moment. that's it i'm out it's over no no if you're new to our podcast dan believes that i literally don't know which way up a bike goes. you literally don't know which way up a bike goes and you can't pretend you can't pretend so because i'm very very happy because because in a in a whiskey fueled sleep deprived state i fail to remember the name of one component that anyway, doesn't a, mean you know everything about bikes. On a, on a hand cycle, basically, you 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 know, instead of having pedals, you have hand cranks that you crank around the wheels that, that keep the wheels that should come. So, so those are all the different categories. It's in Greenville, South Carolina, and which is it, which is not in the north of America at all. Um, and it's it's yeah, it's it's tons and tons of races because you've got all these different categories, all these different kinds of things. So we're not going to go through who won every race, but I have put it on my Tumblr and we've got links in my site, prowomenscycling.com. And there was some really good uh, photos and stuff like that because the, it was just run really, really nicely by the South Car by South Carolina, by the Greenville organisers. But yeah, so Carol Cook, Australian, she's, I think she's 52. Sorry, Carol, if that's a lie. But she's the <laughs> tricycling. She's the trike. Um, she's the trike star. And um, I, I, I was looking at her triking. Oh my god, I didn't know that Liv made 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 racing trikes. But apparently, it's like a Liv Advance bike 
with a um, trike kit bolted onto the back of it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. And Carol has this fantastic blog, really, really excellent blogs, where she was she won the ITT and then she ran the road race. And um, in the past, the trike, the T2 trike races was men and women together, but they've kind of separated it out because I think they thought it was unfair when Carol won last, you know, last time. Beat <laughs> the men. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, no, I'm... no, no one in cycling would ever be so blatantly insecure and sexist. <laughs> no, I know. But, um, but Carol, Carol won both of them, and she's got some fantastic blogs about them. She's really funny. She's like, you know, got that Aussie sense of humour. Um, she's got MS, and that's why, you know, she's, she's her balance is off, and that's why she rides. That's why she races a trike. And you know, she's a really good. You know, she's just so funny and lovely, and a you know, real ambassador for the sport, and really lovely. And yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's just yeah, it's. It's just it was just weird seeing her race on a live, you know, like you're going, oh, my God, that's cool. Um, because one of the issues with paracycling, of course, is that, you know, obviously cu- countries with more money um, can help their paracyclists more. But it was just, it's just very interesting because the stories of how people get into paracycling are so varied. You know, everything from people who've been born with a disability to people who became disabled or, you know, there's a couple of people who were involved in bike accidents and had massive head injuries or whatever, and then have, you know, become disabled and carried on cycling. And then of course you've got, you know, people who are veterans of war conflicts who've got into cycling as part of their rehab and stuff. So there's tons and tons and tons of stories. And, and also, you know, just Australians, Australians on tour. There's some great tweets. (laughs) That, that, that sounds like it should be a tumbler it probably is oh, Aussie's, on tour. Aussies on tour I'm sure I'm get I'm scared to actually google it but so um read Carol Cook's trike other people who want the um I was really happy another Australian Jamie Richardson who used to before she was married was Jamie Paris she's in the C1 category which is the people whose disabilities most affect them and for years and years she's been riding her own self in the category in by herself yep and it's only this year that she was allowed to have um, rainbow jersey and gold medals in worlds because in previous years and especially in tra- world champs in 2012 because there was no one else in her category they wouldn't like call her world champ and she still was going out to race because she wanted to race against her own time she wanted to compete you know uh, it's like you know it, it, it's like she's not going to give up just you know just because she can't get the prizes yeah, yeah. so she had a, a Gilei Li Li Gilei from China in her category this year and Jamie won the ITT and lost in the sprint in the road race but you know just really happy for you know just cool, cool. she was so she was putting these tweets up about how ecstatic she was to have an opponent <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones where your your mortal enemy on the track is literally your best friend because finally I can race. There's so, I mean, there was a weird thing. I mean, British Cycling didn't send a big team and it's a bit of a scandal because, you know, they only sent a couple of riders. But I did love Corin, um, so Laura Turnham piloted by Corin Hall, the British pair. Uh, in the tandem photo finish sprint. Now, that with... was the other thing I was going to ask you about because I saw the photo of that and holy shit, it looked close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they're in a photo finish sprint with um, Katie George Dunleavy, piloted by Eva Crystal of Ireland in the tandem road race. And it's very, 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 very close. Um, just like, you know, like bike throws on a tandem, really. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, 
And then they also had the road races streamed live on, you know, homemade homemade live streaming, which was really interesting to watch because there was a bit of scandal. There's always a bit of scandal about these things because they just apparently it gets very, very hot in Greenville in August. It's apparently too hot to really be. Well, it is in South Carolina. So, you know, it's it's the Um, South and it it would be humid and hot, I imagine. So. So, so, but it was a bit, there was a lot of, uh, Sarah's story was, and Barney's story were tweeting about this because for the road race, they had the women's C4 and 5 categories racing with the men's C1 and 2 categories in the same race. And this becomes very complicated because, you know, I mean, in general, you don't have big fields in paracycling, you know, road races. So you always, you know, you often have the C4 and C5s racing together. You know, it's just, it is, you just do. It's, 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 it is what it is. But having the men and women race together was really, really bizarre because it makes things very complicated because say, for example, you're racing with a C4 and 5 women together. You're looking at your opponents, but you know that if someone's up the road and they're all C5s and you're a C4 category, okay, we don't need to chase that. I've got to keep my eye on this rider. Yeah. And they have color-coded helmets to tell them who's who. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you've also got colour-coded numbers telling you if it's men and women. <laughs> so, Jeez, could this Jody... be any more confusing? So I was talking to jo- Jody Cundy's a fantastic super champion paracyclist himself. Um, you may remember him from having a complete fit at the Paralympics in London because they wouldn't let him start a second time because the, um, the able-bodied men had been a bit dodgy on the track. So I think it kind of followed through to him that his, his false start, you know, oh no, you're, you're false starting on purpose. And he had a big tantrum. Love Jody. He's so lovely and great and fantastic and really passionate advocate for the sport. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that you were going to say, love Jody, he's really great at throwing a tantrum. <laughs> yeah, he was. I, I just wanted someone to be really good at a tantrum. We had this show in England through the through the 2012 Paralympics, and it's carried on after. It's called The Last Leg, which has Aussie comedian Adam Hills. Ah, uh, Adam, Yes. Um, and and basically it's like it's it's two disabled comedians and an able-bodied comedian and lots and lots of guests and during the Paralympics they had it every day and they had this um, thing called is it okay where people could text their questions about about is it okay to say this about disabled people is it okay to think that and about the Paralympics and it's a very interesting thing because it kind of gave a chance you know it's kind of being very it's funny it's they're funny they're funny as hell they um well, and it's they almost a perfect about... context for that because it, it's kind of like it's it's a safe environment to ask the sort of taboo questions yeah 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 and they will rip you into shreds if you're an asshole but um last a couple of weeks ago adam hills was in the news because on the last leg he um offered to fly the westbury westboro baptist church to iraq ah. <laughs> On the basis that they were so busy, you know, they're kind of protest. They were they were going to protest Robin Williams' funeral because yeah. he's a gay enabler, and he was like, "Yeah, why don't you go and you know, let's let's see how you do in Iraq." I think he was actually banned from doing it by the by the British and American foreign officers. Oh, really? That's a pity. But um, anyway, um, back in the pat in 2012, Jody was like one of Jody Cundy was one of the most popular guests on the last leg. He was very, 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 very funny and great, and I really like him, and he's very friendly, and he's also his telling me so so while the race was going on he was telling explaining 
explaining the, the complexities of the paracycling road race. So for someone like Sarah's story, she's in the C5 category. She's attacking like crazy. But apparently, according to the commentators, some of the C2 men were working for her rival, American rival Greta Nymanus, who missed the break, for example. And it was like, and I was just thinking, oh, that's interesting because, it, you know, the politics of this race, you're watching people and their heads are literally whizzing around from side to side because you've got to see, is, is that a man, is it a woman? What category are they in? Yeah, you know, yeah. Helmets are, because the helmets are basically had a spray job. <laughs> Because, you know, it's people wearing helmets. It's like, you 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 know, how do I tell which one it is? You know, who is it? What, what's going on? And um, anyway, um, it's a very complicated race. Very it honestly attacking. sounds like a bit of a shambles. It, I, I mean, I think it's so, I think, I don't think the riders were happy that it was men and women together. Not just because it does make it super, super complicated. And also it becomes teamwork in different ways. Like just, just really hard yeah, to know what's yeah. going on. But... The answer was, the, as I was saying to Jody, the answer is basically chase down absolutely everything then just to be on the safe side. Well, I mean, like, that's pretty much what you end up with, isn't it? So... And, and, and when it came to the end, um, Sarah Story, uh, who's, you know, she's 20, 22 Paralympic medals, 11 Paralympic golds across swimming and, and, and road racing. Right, and so, so to... a relative novice is what you're saying. So she, and she's used to riding in bunches because she races on the British domestic, British domestic scene um, with a team that she and Barney, her husband, run. Um, oh, God, what are they called now? Pearl Azumi Sports Tours International Madison Boot Out Breast Cancer. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and so she basically wasn't going to get into any question about who won by attacking, you know, by attacking the sprint really early and just out sprinting the bunch by ages. Yay! <laughs> it, it seems the safest way to be sure, doesn't it? So. Yeah, so, um, up, so Sarah won her time trial and her road was, and, and Sarah's just back from maternity leave. She was there with her little daughter, Louisa, who's just over one, Louisa, who's just over one year old. And there's some lovely pictures of her with Louisa on the podium and stuff. And mm. yeah, and other people who won both their time trial and road race were as Alison Jones, the USA, USA rider, and you know, various tons of other, tons of races. So tons of other good stories. There's a nice little video from the organisers which just has people winning. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> and it's great. And, yeah, I recommend it. And lots of photos. Um, I've put handy links on my Twitter. What I tried to do was match up results and photos because the photos weren't labelled, so apologies if anything's wrong. But, yeah, go and have a look. It's all great. Um, yeah, attacky, attacky, fun stuff, good winners. <sighs> <laughs> and then it didn't stop because it's Lardesh and Bowles. It, yeah, I was. Uh, well, uh, yes, exactly. Well, or, or it did stop, but then it restarted basically the next day. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, we've got. Oh my God. What day is it? Thursday. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah, so she's. <laughs> I love this week, Dan. I really, really. <laughs> really? So... No, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. It's like it's the world's build up because you have so you know, we have you have Vagorda and then a week later you have Plue and then you have this week where it's the flat sprinty with a couple of hilly stages, bowls, rental ladies tour, which used to be the Holland ladies tour, which used to be at one point with the brainwash ladies tour, and I wish brainwash still were a sponsor because that's the best. It really 
really is the best. It's, it, I mean, it, honestly, is it possible to have a better race name? But Brainwash Ladies Tour, and, and when they had a team as well, the Brainwash. <laughs> doesn't sound ominous at all, does it? No. no um, oh, how good would it have been if? Oh man, if I'd if I'd had anything to do with that team, I would have been just going nuts. Even if I'd had to build like paper mache fake hair dryers for like when they're warming up by the van on the rollers, or, or <laughs> I'd, I'd be the worst. I'd be the worst. <laughs> Brainwash, brainwash. Yeah, it's a it's a hairdresser chain called Brainwash. Yeah, let's go under that that hairdryer. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. So, um, but so Bowls Run Towards Ladies Tour is the big. Oh, it's the bigger race. Yeah, it's it's got it's got the bigger riders, the bigger teams, exciting teams. It's it's flat, it's sprinty. It's in the Netherlands, so there's tons of good TV and. Um, Ashwin Kruders, who does Wheeler Video, is like paid by the race to do tons of video, and so he does tons of interviews after each stage. You know, it's there's there's a live ticker, there's a live Twitter. It's just really simple to follow. Um, a combination of mad flat, totally Dutch open sprints, and then riding around the Kalberg seven times. <laughs> what a what a great combination. It's awesome. And uh, started on Tuesday with Alan Van Dyke winning the ITT ahead of uh, Lisa Brunauer and Trixie Warwick. And then yesterday was a stage where there was a breakaway that so, 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 so nearly made it with um, Carmen Small caught right at the end. And then Lisa Brunauer won the sprint ahead of Yolene de Hoor and Mariana Voss. And I, I have to say, the video of Carmen, um, I, I mean, I get, well, actually, I didn't get to, to be perfectly honest, I didn't get at first why she could still be, yeah, we nearly made it and sort of be be quite happy um, until, yeah, you reminded me that, yeah, Lisa did win. So, you know, um, yeah, makes, makes sense. <laughs> but so, but yeah, I did both... find that very confusing. <laughs> Yeah, so right now, they're probably on the road right now for stage three. Um, Lisa and Ellen are on exactly the same time, but they're going to have another flat stage and then a hilly stage and then a flat stage and a hilly stage. And so basically anything could happen. I mean, traditionally, the G traditionally this has actually changed because normally it's like, I don't know, five flat stages and then, um, then, the, then the Kalberg. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those ones where intermediate sprint bonifications and finished sprint bonifications count because there's so many flat stages but this year it's a bit shaken up and i love it it's fun it's a fun race hard as nails really difficult race to walk to ride and so that makes me happy um and at the same time over in france there's a tour de l'ardeche and this is the hilly one yes yes it is but it also had Possibly the weirdest thing I've seen on social media this week. Um, <laughs> opposite day. Yeah. Fucking was it opposite day or what? I mean, <laughs> all right. If you'd asked me to pick two riders that I didn't expect to see in, in particular jerseys at the same race, I don't think I could have even guessed that you'd see Chloe Hosking in the climbers jersey of anything yeah. ever. Anything. Ever and no disrespect to Chloe, she'll be the first to tell you she's not a climber. She's she's not at all a climber. And then Tiff Cromwell in a sprinter's jersey. <laughs> what? 
fuck? <laughs> it was opposite day. This is stage one. Um, Georgia Bronzini won the bunch sprint, um, which is, you know, and Tiff was second and Chloe was third. Which So because Georgia won, you know, the first stage of everything, she's basically in all the jerseys at the same time. So they, you know, gave it out to the next. It just makes for some weird fucking photos, though. It really. I mean, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It is awesome, but it's 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 not a photo. You're looking at it and you're going, "This isn't right. This isn't. This is not. This is just not what." Mm. Yeah. So stage one, and it's Lardesh is always interesting. I mean, you know, you're like, well, what is Georgia Bronzini racing Lardesh when she should be sprinting? But you know, it's very good world prep, especially for someone like Georgia who can get over the hills. It's very yeah. good world prep. So start off with a sprinty first stage. Um, yesterday, let's let's just do this. Let's just be. Let's just have two stages on the same day. So you have a seven kilometer ATT in the morning, and then you have a. A, a, a stage race with 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 lots with lots of hills, but you know, relatively mellow hills for Lardesh. And I, yeah, and it's it's yeah, it was. Um, I Chloe's doing daily blogs. Yep. I just and, want to read and something for, for people who aren't familiar. We tend to have rather high opinions of of Chloe's blogs. Yep, Chloe is. Um, Chloe is um, at chloehosking.wordpress.com. She's very, very funny, very good. Um, this is what she says about this. She's saying, I often shake my head when I watch things like downhill mountain biking. I can't comprehend how these guys have the guts to throw themselves down a mountain like they do. But when you actually pause to think about it, what we do is 10 times more stupid. While they have full body armor, full face helmets, and have ridden the course multiple times before they race, we have skimpy little lycra outfits, tiny tires, light as a feather helmets, and generally have never seen the descent before in our lives. Still, we kamikaze down them with little thoughts. <laughs> Which, you know, as we've commented in the past, does seem to be a prerequisite. You know, the less thought, the better, I think, when you're descending. But it's a, yeah, it's it's a very interesting point, isn't it? You often forget the. You know, I mean, what what was it? 90, 91.8 kilometers an hour that we were talking about at Plouay? Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing fast. And, and so. you know, and also that famous a couple of years ago, I think it was 2012 when Voss was, no, 2000, 2011, when Voss was in the Giro, that mad Giro descent where she started out, I don't know, 50 seconds back at the top of the climb. Yeah, and yeah. And a minute and a half ahead at the bottom of the climb. And she was going so fast that the motorbike actually spun off the road <laughs> trying to follow her. Yes. But you don't, you don't often get to see Mariana Voss descend because, you know, you know, like those those Fab, Fabian Cancellara moments where he's descending super fast through the car. Yeah. He's yeah. been followed by, a, 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 you know, like, like the best, the best motorbike cameraman combo in the world or whatever. You know, these are, you don't get the best motorbike cameraman combo in the world following <laughs> the women's, unfortunately. So we don't actually get to see as much of Mariana well, Voss's descent. Not, not, just, like. not just that, but, you know, based on all available evidence, Voss is a better descender than Kench, so... You yeah. know what she really is? She really is one of the... And, and like we said, no fear. It's because she's got no fear. She loves it. She also does a lot of course recce, so that... Yeah, and, and, and you know, she has incredible rider's instincts. Like... She just does. You know, I mean, geez, remember the bunny hop at the Giro the, last year? Like, yes. bloody hell. Like, you know, you know, her whole front wheel disappeared into a, a pothole that magically opened up beneath her and she still survived. <laughs> it was amazing. 
So. I think it's. I mean, this is the thing about Voss as well. Is I think sometimes the media will say, well, you know, people who don't know that much about it just assume that Voss turns up and wins because she's so much better than everyone else. But that Giro descent, for example, if she'd gone out the morning of that stage because she knew that she'd lose time on the climb, she'd gone out and wrecked that descent a couple of times. So she knew that morning. So she knew you know what 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 to look for yeah, you know she, yeah. where, she knew where it was going to be dangerous and she you know you've got a team car to basically wrecky the descent take her back to the top go down again take her back to the top go down again you know she's very 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 clever and yeah mm. anyway yeah so but yeah these descenders but you know but, but the flip side of that is that not everyone can wrecky the courses and on a race like Tour de Ardèche, um it's absolutely chocker with Mixed teams and um, national teams. Mixed yeah, teams yeah, are something well, that only happened in September. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's that part of the season. Um, I guess this is actually going to give us a good segue for a moment ahead, um, where where you know new riders trying to break into the ranks are uh, given opportunities sometimes to form mixed teams or or are brought over by a national team like in Australia. Um, you know, and given their chance to ride some of these races and rub shoulders quite literally with, you know, the the elite peloton, and um, and so it, it the the it's a great opportunity for many of these riders. The other side of it is that it's also a slightly more intense dare I say, risky proposition for some of those experienced riders because you've, you're suddenly surrounded with a lot more riders who don't know all of the rules as well mm, as, mm. as you, you know, the normal people you ride with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love, I love it. I do love the mix. I mean, some people say, some people don't like it when you've got races that clash with each other. Yeah. But I really enjoy it. I enjoy it when you've got Lardesh, which is hilly, going up against Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour, which is flat. You know, I liked it when the trophy yeah. door was going, you know, where the trophy doors on at the same, well, you know, it's invisible, but, you know, it's was, it was on at the same time as Vigorda or, you know, the Route de France or whatever is, is yeah. you know well, what I mean? And, and, like, and I think, generally speaking, more races is indicative of, of better health for the sport yeah. with with all the caveats that we've we've previously discussed about safety and, and you know, being yeah. professionally organised and run and all that sort of thing. But, but yeah, like, and, and these races, they're established races. Like, they're not unknown quantities at all, and I think you're absolutely right. They provide great opportunities for different kinds of riders to to have their moment of, of competitive glory. It's, yeah. it's cool. And, and yes, so, you know, so Tiff Cromwell is riding with the Australian national team. Um, yesterday, so yesterday, ITT in the morning, Linda Willemson of Wiggle Honda won it. And in the afternoon, I, in the afternoon road race, Lauren Rowney, Lauren Rowney won it with the um, Australian national team. And it's, yeah. it's so, you know, Lauren's been sick for a lot of the year, a lot of the year. She had glandular fever and then it's been very hard for her to get picked for specialised Lululemon because, you know, she's been off sick and there's been other riders who've been racing so you know lauren's got this chance to race with the aussie national team and she gets a win you know i'm so happy for her and and you know and she out sprinted georgia bronzini and tiff cromwell and you know as well as people like chloe and and, and riders like that it's yeah, you know yeah. it's really- it's no, just... it was a great win, and and honestly, could not be happier for her. Um, as and you say, she's had, she's had a tough year, and and it's awesome to see when someone comes through that, and you know, can put put it together. Yeah, and that's that's what I like about this time of year too, because you know, this is it's a chance for riders to say, hey, yeah, I've had a shit year, but look, look what I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And I mean, I think I, I do think Tiffany Cromwell will be very disappointed with, with, with where she with her year this year, because, you know, she I mean, I she's been always attacking. She's been so, so good, but it's been very hard to convert those attacks into wins. Well, I think the really difficult thing for, for her and, uh, you know, I don't think it's a real surprise um, because we, we've commented on it before. But I think the, the particularly difficult thing for her is that, um, you know, specialized are a little bit. um uh, what's the right way? I mean, I don't know. Is disjointed too strong a word at the moment? You know, in that in that they've got several several strong cards to play, but it's not it's not as simple for them at the moment. I don't think tactically as we're writing for this or that. It's it's uh we've got this option and that option, and we're going to have to see which one looks best when we're out there, kind of thing. Well, that's, yeah. that's kind of my take on on how they're having to go. But well, I think I think for Tiff that that means a lot of the time. You know, she's she's being left to that that kind of free agent roaming aggressor type role, which she's great at. But as you say, it's really hard to convert from that because you're quite often riding on your own with minimal support. But I think it's I think well I think I don't think it's so much the minimal support. I think I just don't think that I don't think that specialized Lululemon has particularly clicked that well. This year, I don't know what it is about them, but, but I mean, part of it is that they don't have a sprinter this year, yeah. So they don't have an out and out sprinter. It's not like the days where you just get a ton of wins from you know Yoko Teutenberg, and then the team is always on and up because you're winning, you know. Yeah, like, I, yeah. and and Tiff strikes me as a rider who's very affected by her moods. And I'm not saying that in a bad way because I'm, you know, that's me basically, you know, in, except I don't ride. But you oh, know what I mean? right. So, so you're saying you're Tiff. I get it. Yep. Cool. No, 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 no. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think, I think if, if you're, and people say this all the time, if your confidence is down, it, it's very hard. It's, it's much harder to win, isn't it? So, you know, in Vigorda, for example, they, they absolutely blasted, Spec Lulu absolutely blasted the road, right? The, 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 the time trial. They got a course record in the most appalling weather. Mm. And that, that would have just put them on a high for riding the road race. You yeah, know? Yeah. And and the same thing with Ralbo. Once once they started winning and once you know, once they started winning, they just did not stop. Yeah, and so that, you, know, you, you heard it here first, folks. Sarah's predicting uh, a specialized Lululemon win for worlds. So Tiff Cromwell <laughs> for worlds. Um that's Sarah's oh, that's Sarah's would, bold choice. But yeah. I would love Tiff to win win worlds, but it's, it's it would be very cool, wouldn't it? I, I just think it's been I think it's I just think she's had a hard year, basically. Mm. And and it's nice to see, you know, so this is again well, like, you know, she's, have hilly races. Well, she and Chloe are both on my secret wish list of people that we can try and interview in the off season. So hopefully we can we can talk to one or both of them and um and find out that sort of stuff. Excellent. Um also in Ladesh, uh, there's an American well, she's Brazilian, but she races in the American Peloton, lives in America, Flavia Oliveira Oliveira, oh, I can't say it. Flavia Oliveira. Um, is uh, currently in Lardash in one of the mixed teams, chasing. She's chasing world uh, points, UCI points, to try to get to the Olympics in Rio. You know, she's Brazilian. Olympics in Rio. Um, is she by any chance and- writing a book for ESPN about it? No, no, no. She's she's only a couple of she's only a couple of UCI points off. Okay, there cool, cool. No, sorry, I, I I know it was a cheap joke, but it was just too similar. To, to, no, she's to she's make. no, she's 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 chasing, and because she needs UCI points, she needs she 
you know, she races for American for small American teams. Yep. She's over in Europe riding in mixed teams in Ladesh and Toscana, and she's got a fundraiser up at the moment because although the, you know the Brazilian Cycling Fed doesn't have much money, they flew her to France. But any of the rest of the you know because she's in a mixed team, you've got to fund yourself basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's got a GoFundMe up. She's trying to raise um five. $3,000 just to cover her, you know, to cover her expenses and accommodation. Last time I looked, she was only $500 away from um, getting it. Yep. Um, on Twitter, she's Flavinator with an A, with an eight instead of an A, the second A, Flavinate or yep. Flavinate, T-O-R. Anyway, um, and she's got to go fund me up. If you can spare just 10 quid, you know, when you're trying to raise $500, just a 10 quid mm. here and there. Or, yep. you and know, for those, for those listening dollars. who aren't used to, um, you know, doing doing currency calculations in their head, 10 quid works out to $500. So it's pretty easy. Just just. <laughs> Give her five hundred bucks, you'll be fine. Oh no, it's um, GoFundMe.com. Uh, Chasing points is the name of her uh, thing. She's raised two and a half. She raised two and a half thousand dollars in less than four days. So yeah, I it'd cool. be great if, if you've got to spare ten quid floating around. How cool or... would it be to be you know watching the Olympics and and see her racing and just like no, I helped her get there. That would be a very cool feeling. It would. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was alluding earlier, and we kind of got away from it, so it's a bit of a shit segue now, but I was alluding to transfer time. Oh, it is transfer time! And so I don't know, I mean, because you're hooked into the the gossip of cycling much more than I am. I've got no idea who's wearing what or, or fighting with whom. But um, I've seen two announcements related to transfers that have made my eyebrows shoot up in surprise, and then... You know that that uh, this may may come as a bit of a shock to you, Sarah. But there's an evil part of my brain, just grin, <laughs> just grin in anticipation. What what are those rumors? Well, no, this isn't rumors. Uh, I've got to tell you, I do. Yes, I do get told a lot of rumors, and um, as is always the way in rumors, some of them are even true. <laughs> <laughs> well, the things that I have seen, and there, yeah, you're right. These aren't these aren't rumors. They're announced. Um, but the the two that I saw were related to two of my favorite teams, actually, High Tech and Matrix Volpine. So yes, yeah. what did you see, Daniel? Well, the, uh, it came out so fast at first, I thought it was a bit of a joke, but uh, everyone's favourite Qatari sprinter, that's Kirsten Wild, um, is going to be riding for high tech next year. Yeah, this is incredibly interesting. Um, Kirsten races for Liv Shimano, and I was a bit confused as to why she suddenly hasn't been dis- racing this block of races like Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour, because it should be perfect for her. And I think it all makes sense, because her leaving Liv Shimano wasn't her choice. Oh, really? Okay. She's, she's been interviewed about it, and she, her leaving Liv Shimano wasn't her choice, and there's a number of surprising Liv riders that aren't going to be there next year. So Amy Peters who was second in the Vagorda Road World Race, World Cup, for example, yeah. apparently is also looking for a new team. Oh, wow. But, 
But when Kirsten, but the other thing that's interesting is when Kirsten goes to high tech, of course, that's where Chloe Hoskins Hoskins rides. And she had a tweet that I didn't see, but other people saw that she took down about not being madly happy about A, finding out about it on Twitter and B, well, where does that leave her? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't see that, but but it was a thought that crossed my mind. But as I said, that news it broke so quickly. I actually at first thought it may have just been a hoax, no, um, real, and it was real, only. Real, real. Oh yeah, no, I, I know it's real, but I'm I'm just saying when it very first happened, it was it was just you know boom bang you know three different places all at once, you know saying this thing, and I was like you know, and none of them were none of them at that point were an official outlet. It was just a series of I've heard this. And I was like, no, no. So, yeah. yeah. So, high tech, getting sprinty next year. Yeah, yeah, even more sprinty. But uh, it will be interesting, I think, to see um, what happens with Chloe. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. The other one I saw, uh, as as I mentioned, is related to another of our, our favourite teams and one of my favourite teams because in no small part, you know, managed by my man crush, Stefan Wyman. Um, so next year, joining Matrix Volpine for 2015 is Laura Trott, which is an amazing, um, you know, joining of, of um, fortunes and I think a great, like, what a cool... What a cool announcement to come on the back of their their announcement a couple of weeks ago that they're they're going for top UCI pro level, you know, join the big races on the on the the continent as well, sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic, and 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 those it's very very good. Laura Trot, if you're not British, Laura Trot is pretty much a household name in Britain. Yeah, she after she won two golds in the Olympics on the track in the Omnium. And also in the team pursuit. Yeah. Basically, she, there's there's Lizzie Armitstead, Laura Trott, David Beckham, and it goes in that order. So. <laughs> no, well, no she, she's better known than Lizzie. Laura Trott, Lizzie Armitstead, David Beckham, it goes in that order. But it's, no, look, Laura is definitely, and, and she's also, she's very outspoken. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You might remember <laughs> her such previous things as, oh, bless your heart, Laura, please don't, just don't let the Daily Mail interview you, love. But, you know, the Daily Mail... <laughs> On, on her, principle, yes. Yeah, but her and her boyfriend Jason Kenny. Jason Kenny's a track sprinter, and they—they, they, I don't think they—I don't think they knew that this was going to be included in the article by the Daily Mail, where they were asked about should there be a women's Tour de France, and Laura was like, "No, I don't." You know, I, you know, said some stuff, and Jason Kenny went, "Oh my God, there'd be deaths." You know, if women rode the Tour de France, there'd be deaths. And you're like, oh, my God, you're literally, you're a track sprinter, mate. You're, you know, you know what I mean? You're like, I'm more qualified to talk about women riding the Tour de France than you are, love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm more likely to ride well, the Tour to be, de France to be than fair, you are, love. To be fair, he actually doesn't know that Laura rides yet. So it's it's going to be awkward. <laughs> no, they're, they're, he's, it's, 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 no, Laura, Laura had an interview on Sky Sports about this, and I loved it it's a video interview we'll put a link on our site pro womenscycling.com and she was saying that you know she went across one of the reasons she went she was riding riding for wiggle honda and she was really really lovely about the team but not just about the team but about the sponsors because matrix is sponsored by um by johnson's health tech matrix fitness is a subsidiary of johnson's health tech and john johnson who runs johnson's health tech is a 
passionate supporter of women's cycling and they've done so much for women's cycling in Britain um you know they were a sponsor of the Friends Life Women's Tour but even more importantly they put in the money to have the uh um the jump the matrix GP series of women's races at the um tour series which is on TV and they got put funding in to make sure that it got tele that the women's races were you know were on TV and so when Laura was talking about what a fantastic sponsor they were and that's one of the reasons she wanted to go to them it's just like yeah you're great you know you're using your powers for good you know it's really interesting interview so yeah have a look um I I do I, I assume that she's just going to be riding the domestic season and maybe things like the Tour of Britain yeah well I mean you, you you would expect so but you know i mean it, it doesn't really matter in a, in a way because she's she's just that great tentpole name you know that that you you help to drive awareness of the team and and you know whatever she rides it's going to be fantastic um yeah, yeah yeah i mean she's she's, she's very and, and you know we're in the run-up to the olympics track is going to be her focus bless her heart she's she was very vocal about the fact that she doesn't really like riding road anyway so um but she knows she when she rides she rides to win she rides hard especially in the domestic season she rides hard she you know it, it, it's going to be fun yeah. yeah yeah so those are the so which does beg the question about what's going to happen with wiggle honda because they have had a lot they have had those 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 british women trackies and I, I just, I just, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fascinating. I've got to tell you, I've pretty much heard a rumor of everyone going to Wiggle Honda for next season. So um, we'll see what happens. Cool. So yeah, um, I've got a transfer carousel um, post on podiumcafe.com where I'm putting in stuff that we know. So people we know are staying, people we know are going um, yep. and leaving. And I'm updating that so as we go. Okay, cool. And so that'll be, the, that'll be the spot to keep an eye on then just to see exactly, what the latest exactly. is. Yep. I update it as we go. And then in the comments, we gossip. Gossip a lot. Talk no. Gossip. You gossip? Really? Speculate wildly. And yeah. And so I can I can actually hear your hand gestures as you said speculate wildly. (laughs) That was awesome. That was so good. It sounded so posh and lowbrow at the same time. It was perfect. It was great. I loved it. More live racing this weekend because it's the mountain bike world champs at the moment. Oh, you, okay, cool. That, that's fine. I got nothing against that, but you did actually like. I was just about to squeal and go, "Really? What? 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 You know?" Because I was, I was all excited about road racing, but okay, mountain biking's good too. Mountain bike is good, and Hafia last year was the most, literally the most beautiful photos came out of it. It's in Norway, you know, so it's fjordy type mountains, stunning. Um, last year, it was all incredible golden light, and some of the best photos, best, 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 best bike photography I've ever seen came out of it. Um, we've already had the Eliminator, which was won by Catherine Sternerman of uh, Switzerland. Um, some of the some Scandinavians weren't happy because they said that Jenny Risfeld, the Swede, was blocked in. But you can watch the highlights and you can also watch the entire program, um, co- the entire coverage courtesy of Red Bull Bike. And um, you can also watch Catherine Sternerman's helmet cam of her final ride. Well, um, I do know someone good. who loves a good helmet cam, so I may send that on to a friend once we're finished recording. Yeah, there was also the relay race, which is the... Um, 
it's the cross country relay race, and you now that's the one. That's the one where you've got a mixed team, isn't it? So it's yeah, like two men got... and an under twenty three and a woman. No, no, you've got you've got um, a junior man, an under twenty three man, an elite man, and a woman. Right, right. And so you go out in that you go out in order of junior, under twenty three men, woman, man. Now, and... don't you think? I know we we often talk about how progressive mountain biking is, but it's really nice to see a sport that's actually finally come to terms with the fact that it takes three men to keep up with one woman. Well, especially when. Two of the women are Yolanda Neff and Pauline Fran Prevo. Um, so yeah, you're the... right. Needs more men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's fun. Um, it was won by the French team with um, Pauline Fran Prevo in it, and the second was the Swiss team with Yolanda Neff in it. Um, you can always spot Yolanda Neff because she has the most extraordinary hair. Um, you know, I always talk about you can always see. Uh, Swedish rider Emilia Forlin from her huge mass of blonde hair. Well, Yolanda Neff's got even more hair and it's curly. What's what's not to enjoy? It's huge. You're like, how do you get your helmet on over that hair? Because it's just, you know, like this massive, great big, that's not aero um, hairstyle. <laughs> like, um, just, 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 it's so curly. I don't think she can plait it. It's, yeah. Um, there's something interesting about mountain bike worlds, right? Because both I mean, mountain bike world's very, very progressive. You've got categories for, in the cross country, you've got junior, under 23, and elite women. And in the downhill, you've got junior women and elite women. And it's very, very interesting that, like, a mountain bike can have downhill where it's a relatively small field. Yeah, and they can have a junior women's race. Road, absolutely fucking huge. And we can't have, you know, we've we got a junior road world, but we don't have under 23. It's like, okay, but you can have it in mountain bike. But anyway, yeah. whatever. But it's, you know, it, it is, it's, 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 you know, they've got lots and lots of races. The only problem is that if you're an under 20, the unlike, you know, like the under 23s in the men and in the European, for women in the European champs. Um, right. In the men, if you're under 23, you can ride the under twenty three category as if you're an if you're an espoir if you're not in yeah. a pro team. Yep, yep. Um, but you can choose basically if you're in a pro team, you can race elite worlds. If you're not in a pro team, you can ride the under twenty three espoir category. And that's so you so you have a situation like um, young Aussie Caleb Ewan. I think he's twenty or twenty one. He's been pre signed to Orica to race, and he's racing as a stagiaire. Um, in in their teams in in their in their in their elite team, yep. but you know he's basically been pre-signed so that he can have another crack at the under twenty three under twenty three worlds. Yeah, yeah, and you know cyclocross again. You choose. You basically choose your category. And in the mountain bike world cup, you choose for the women. You choose again whether you're going to ride under twenty three. You you know once you've chosen, you ride that all season, or whether you ride elites. Yeah, so. Yep. The Landoneff, Pony Franprevo, both under 23, both have won, I think, two rounds of the Elite World Cup each. And Yolandoneff was first in the overall, and I think Franprevo was either second or third. But they're not allowed to ride the Elite Worlds. Oh, what? So because they're under 23, they've got to ride the under 23 category. Yeah, okay. So you've basically got in the World Cup the two best overall world cup riders yeah yeah so 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 under 23 the under 23 is actually where the action's at basically yeah and i mean it's it's just such a shame 
<laughs> it's such a shame. I mean, they did have, we did see some fun with the European under 23 championships where, I mean, Neff and Fran Prevost were both on live and they both rode together on Rabobank live last year on the road and they had a bit of a fight at the um, under 23 European mountain bike champs because Neff said that Fran Prevost pushed her into the fence and caused her to crash and Fran Prevost went uh no way no way the um the 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 you know it was a it was a bit where the where the fence is narrowing I yep. kept to my line it's not my fault that you were <laughs> that you chose a shitty line and rode into a fence <laughs> yeah, exactly. awesome so awesome. but they're friends again now and <laughs> well until until the next fence happens along no, we won't get to see them ride live, but we will get to see the cross-country worlds. Um, still still tons of competitive races, um, tons of those. Um, Catherine Pendrell, who won before, is coming back onto form right now, and there's some great riders, Gunrita Dahl-Flesher and uh, Katerina Nash and all kinds of really good good, good fun riders, Irina Kalintieva, um, you know, really good riders to watch out for, which is on Saturday. And on a Sunday, it's the downhill Oh, it's the downhill. Oh my god. And three big names are um are, are um, former twice world champ Emmeline Ragot, Marlon Carpenter, young Welsh girl who was who's just won the World Cup for the first time, and Rachel Atherton, who was sick for most of the year, but um you know, but but basically for the last two years won fucking everything and <laughs> is the world champ. And yeah, I I mean oh, so exciting so excited i love it so much and um because it's mountain bike there is absolutely stacks of um downhill photos and stuff already videos track walk videos helmet cam track walks you know it's it's just great if if you never watch mountain bike give it a go this weekend because you know the world it's the world hurrah and yeah and it's free and it's streaming and you know let's watch them racing Sounds good to me. Um, so what else? I mean, um, what else have you seen around that, that we, we should mention? Two things very quickly. There's a video by Liv of the Liv ambassador, Shannon Galpin, talking about riding mountain bike in Afghanistan and working with Afghani women to ride bike to about cycling. You know, literally, this is a place where... You know, the Taliban think that riding bikes is 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 immoral and sluttish because you're putting your legs over something. I don't know. And um, and so, you know, having rocks thrown at your head is just like a part of a part of daily life riding a bike if you're Afghani woman. And so, you know, hurrah, you know, just just amazing stuff for that. So, yeah, check that video out. And my final thing, this is really depressing that I'm think I'm so excited about it. But um, oh, two things. Uh, it was also the Green Mountain stage race in the USA, and our friend Megster put up the money to make it equal prizes. Oh, cool. So that was that race. Yeah, I remember you, you telling us about that. That's awesome. Yay, Megster. You're, you're brilliant. Yeah, and um, and uh, it was a you know fun fun race, fun stuff. There's a nice report on Optum presented by Kelly Benefit Strategies ride, yep. um, because our friend Amber Pierce, I think she ended up in the sprint jersey. She was definitely on the podium for a couple of stages. Whoa, go Amber, was... go Amber. Which actually reminds me of um, the the other thing I saw. Which um, I, I'm so glad you pointed this one out to me because um, this was super super cool. 
Um, so for those who were listening last week, you'll remember that Amber um, has launched her Network for Advancing Athletes, which is a um, online-based or centred but, but networking facility and mentoring facility for athletes. Um, you know, and, and she's she's got a bunch of Young her... Women. Young women who are... Basically, it's around the triathlon disciplines. So cyclists, swimmers and runners athletes and triathletes of course women women who are coming in and it's aimed at women and it's it's states based at the moment because you know you don't have that much support over there um for uh yeah for young and developing aspiring athletes yeah and um and it's super super cool because it's a, a great way for them to connect with um, you know, experienced athletes and writers and, and whatnot and get advice. And so one of the things that's come out this week is they've published a, a Q&A from uh, an aspiring athlete who has asked, you know, how do you, how do you deal with, you know, they, they, they note that they have depression and, um, and find times when that really impacts their ability to to train and so there's concern about you know what does this mean for for my long-term goals on writing and there's a series of answers from three um, athletes at the moment um, including Ina Yoko Teutenberg and they're brilliant and it's it's just uh, honestly I couldn't have thought of a more perfect example of why it's such a cool thing that Amber's created this this program slash things slash website slash whatever because because it's such a such an important question for someone to be able to ask in a safe environment and get rock solid advice on you know yeah and, and um and you know like uh it's the answers you know in a yoko teutenberg and doxy borch who basically came out of uh a massive eating disorder and cocaine addiction into cycling. You know, it, it, it's these people are amazing. And in the comments, she says that um, they're saying that they'll be following it up with input from clinical psychologists who work with athletes. And Hanker Kupfenagel, who's um, who's just a fantastic, you know, absolute fantastic champion, has put a link in the comments too. It's 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 you know, she's an amazing star and. And it's like these are these are really this is a chart. I just can't even imagine how what it's like to 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 to. Do you know what I mean? Through yeah, it's, it's just so incredible to to think, you know, it, like yeah, it, it just blows me away. And so I'm even more excited. I mean, I just thought this was such an awesome awesome initiative anyway. But it's so cool to see already the potential and the the reach and impact that it can have it's it's just awesome yeah and and i mean the thing and they they are they are it's a it's it's a something that amber set up herself and you can um yeah and it's a not-for-profit initiative and and um all of that and if you're in the u.s it's actually registered so you can you can make tax deductible donations and stuff but or even perhaps more importantly at the moment, they're still in the early stages. And, and as Sarah said, at the moment, they've got a bit of a US focus, but they do intend to to make this as international as possible. So, you know, if you think there's a way that you might be able to contribute, whether it's time, money or, or whatever, then I would definitely recommend, you know, um, just checking the site out and um and and hitting the contact button and, and just seeing what you, you may be able to do. 
Yeah, and if you know if you can afford it, hit the donate button. You know, and and if and and if you know any young riders, triathletes, swimmers, runners who have questions, you know, you can. They're setting up direct mentorship with um, with 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 you know with 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 athletes. But you can, you know, I mean, some of the things Amber's, you know, already they're just like Amber's been blown away. I'm going to be talking to Amber very soon, but um, she's been blown away with a response. So if, you know, they can, anyone can ask a question. So if you know anyone who's, who's, who's trying to get into the sport and has questions like this, you know, I mean, when you've got people like Ina Teutenberg who are willing to answer questions and people like Hanka Kupfernagel who are going to turn up and have a conversation with you, yeah. this is fantastic. Oh, it's utterly you know, amazing. It's, it's so cool. So, um, their website is called advancingathletes.org and you know they're just they're really lovely um i can't recommend them highly enough and my final thing which is what i thought i was going to say is um i'm very excited this is really stupid i'm very excited because kirsten field posted a picture of herself picking up her prize from the novelon euro cup yep when you win it this is one of the drentha races in the spring you win a luxury floor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yes the luxury floor you know what i would i i'm enough of a nerd even though i actually i rent so i couldn't even use it but i would be so excited to win a luxury floor last year um i think mariana voss has won it a couple of times so i think her entire house is <laughs> yeah, her whole house including the walls and ceiling is made of luxury floor <laughs> yeah and uh and last and Annemiek van vlerten has won it and uh, won it a couple of years ago and she finally bought her house and got to redeem her luxury floor so there's a picture of kirsten veald in the factory in drenta um looking at her luck the, luck the luxury floor that she won i know I yeah, that's a great way to work. I just yeah, congratulations, Kirsten. I don't know why that makes me happy, but you know, <laughs> but crazy it does, cycling. So you know, every time you win a pig or a sword or your weight in apples or your weight in rice, just remember I'm grinning. <laughs> well, on that note, I think maybe we should say thank you and good night, yeah, or good day. Yeah, or, yeah. Or... We'll be we'll be we'll be t- talking about you know worlds is coming up later this month, so we'll be talking about that. Um, on our site, I've also just interviewed Guy Elliott from um, Sweet Spot about what it takes to run to, to to put on the Friends Life Women's Tour. It's a really long interview, but it's got all sorts of interesting stuff about what actually goes into. Um, running a race so check that out and yeah any questions I'm underscore pigeons underscore on twitter Dan's Dan W official you can email us on prowomenscycling at gmail.com and of course leave a comment on our site prowomenscycling.com where you can see all this week's videos links and stuff we didn't even get around to talking about because <laughs> there's always something we left out we talk forever and we can't get we just can't get through it so <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We really love you and appreciate you. So thank you. (laughs) Suck up.